everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned in to Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. My name is Steph, and I am here with Jess. Say hi to the people. Hey everyone. This week on Trish Chat, we're talking about toxic ass relationships. We're titling the episode Toxic Relationships, but when we talk about it, I have to say toxic ass relationships because it's that type of topic. Yep. Um, Jess and I have been talking about toxic relationships recently, and we wanted to do an episode on this because we see that there's a lot of people who are in toxic relationships. And the reason why is because um, we oftentimes see toxic relationships as sort of black and white in that if, if the other person who we're in that relationship with, whether it be a coworker, a romantic partner, a friend, if we see that that person isn't physically or emotionally abusive, we excuse ourselves from, um, the idea that we're in a toxic relationship and um, Justin and I don't see that uh, toxic relationships as black and white that way we see um, that there's a lot more gray area in that um, and so we wanted to talk about it get on the podcast and talk about our experiences with toxic relationships that don't necessarily involve um, that physical or that emotional abuse but that stem more into those areas of where we were betraying ourselves um, and we didn't necessarily see at that moment um, that we were in toxic relationships, but now um, we're able to look back on it and say, whoa, that was a toxic relationship. Um, and if we can share that light now with someone who may be in a toxic relationship and that might help them work through that, then that would be amazing. So that's what we're talking about today. Yep. Um, so I guess I'll say, don't expect a definition in terms of toxic relationships from us. Um, and the reason why is exactly what I stated before is we don't want to give a definition and have someone, um, listen to this and say, Oh, well, my relationship doesn't fit any of that criteria. So I'm not in a toxic relationship. Instead, what we want to do is talk about toxic relationships from the lens of our lived experiences and talk through what are those characteristics, um, of toxic relationships that we've experienced. And now, have an eye for um, in our lives so that that can help you all. So you take from this episode what you will, um, but be warned that you will not walk away with a definition on toxic relationships. Yeah. So Jess, tell me, what's the most toxic relationship you've ever been in? Let's start with that. <laughs> Describe it for me. Yeah. So I'd like to use the example of a romantic relationship because when you asked me that, that that's the first thing that came to mind. Although, you know, throughout the episode, I'm sure I will give other examples outside of romantic relationships. So um, I guess the most toxic relationship I've ever had was with someone I was dating. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I realized that she was quite the narcissist. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which for those who don't know what that is, that means uh, a narcissist is uh, someone that has like a mental condition in which 
they have an inflated sense of their own importance, like a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. Basically, it's all about them. That's that's what they think about, and they lack empathy for others. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know this until later on, so that was a lesson. <laughs> but um, I guess I can shed some light on like some of the examples that um, showed me now that it was quite the toxic relationship. And so, you know, with her being a narcissist, um, one of the qualities of narcissism is that like it is all about them. And so whenever I would express to her um, something that I was proud of or, or something I accomplished, she could never truly be happy for me with anything. It was almost like it pained her to congratulate me on something. And I never really understood that. I just felt like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she just really has passion for whatever it is that I just did or she has low self-confidence or whatever. And I would always just be like, no, it's okay. Like you can do it too. Um, that's, that, that's so hard because I think about sharing something that happened something great that happened with someone that you trust and that's supposed to be like a safe space for you and they sort of dim your light. And then if you are a codependent person, how then you shift away Mm -hmm. from AKA me, right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, you shift away from celebrating that moment to your light being dim to then you feeling guilty about having something good happen for you because now you've yeah. made that person feel bad. That's exactly that's what I felt. That is exactly what I felt. That's like, toxic AF. <laughs> so like anytime I would say like something that I accomplished, you know, she might've said congrats or cool. I'm proud of you. Uh, but then her reply would be like, I wish I could do that too. Um, so one of like, one of the examples there was like, she was really jealous of my friendships. She thought that like, because I had such a bond with, you know, a group of friends, um, it just, it highlighted the fact that she didn't really have any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should have been a red flag for me, but it, but I didn't see it that way. So um, because of that, she would lean on, on my friends a lot. And at first it really didn't bother me because I just wanted her to be included in the friend group and like for them to accept her because she didn't have anyone. Um, and I wanted, I loved her. So I just wanted her to feel like she had community. Um, but then after a while, I realized that she really wasn't able to make her own friendships. And I started getting really curious about that. And then it started annoying me. Um, mostly towards like the end of our relationship, because I'm just like, she really like, inserted herself into my world in every way possible because she it it was almost like she wanted my world more Mm. than she wanted me um yeah that's pretty scary now that I think about it but um that was a huge red flag um one of the other things was that she like wanted constant control over me and my every move like she never respected my space when I was like busy at work or hanging out with my friends like she would text me constantly and if I didn't answer in a certain period of time she would start freaking out like I'll never forget one time I had like worked a crazy shift and like I got home and I just I just took a nap because I love naps so I took a nap and I passed out for hours um 
and I wake up to all these text messages from her, like freaking out and being like, who are you sleeping with? Like basically accusing me of cheating Chill. on her. Yeah. It was, it was kind of crazy. And I was just like, Whoa, what is happening right now? But, um, yeah, she needed that constant like attention on her. Like, yeah, it was weird. Um, she would also keep me in this like cycle of like gaslighting me. Uh, when, for, for people who don't know what gaslighting means, it, it just means that she would manipulate me to make me question like my own perception. Mm-hmm. So like I would express myself about something and she'd be like, no, that's not the way it is. And then I would be like, am I crazy? And then I would like back down and just really start questioning what I was actually saying. And like yeah. if it was actually true. And she had this like manipulation tactic over me that yeah. I was just, Thinking back on it, I'm just like, wow, I was really blind to any to all of this. Um, some other things is like every time I would express myself, like if it was about feelings or things that I wanted to talk, because I love talking about feelings, but like I wanted to make sure we were on the same page just because yeah. our relationship was so crazy and yeah. toxic, as you hear. Mm-hmm. Um, she would silence me and she would make me feel like I was too much. Like I just constantly wanted to talk about things and those things and it and looking back at it, I was, I wanted to keep talking about it, not because I enjoyed it, but because every time I brought it up, she would silence me. And then I was confused. Like There was a need. You were curious about something. Well, no, I was just like, it never got resolved. Yeah. Like she kept silencing me or gaslighting me. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. And then it was a cycle. It was like, oh, I'm be- I am being too much. You yeah. know, like, why should we talk about my feelings in this? Right? Maybe I did talk about my feelings too much. Yeah. This yeah. is a really good example because... I think that somebody in that situation could could say like this person isn't physically abusive towards me like they're not emotionally abusive they're not calling me names they're not like saying mean things um about me to me but really when you take a step back you're betraying yourself because you're constantly chipping away at yourself yeah to make room for that person in so many ways and that's so toxic because you are diminishing yourself yeah to be in that relationship. I 100% was. And I mean, that that kind of segues into my last point. Um, I felt like I couldn't be completely honest with her. I could not be vulnerable. I could, ch- I could not share my authentic self. Like, I just remember being, like, laying with her or talking to her and just being like, I don't, like, it, a thought would come and I'd, be, I'd have to think about sharing it with her. It's a filter. Yeah, I, and it was annoying because I'm like, she's going to judge me for this or she's not going to agree. And like, yeah, I was betraying myself because I knew at that point in time, like I knew a lot of my values and I was just allowing her to get her way because like I just wanted her to love me. But she wasn't loving the authentic me. She was loving the filtered me. Yeah, she she was loving the parts of you that she wanted and she was um suppressing the parts of you that she didn't want to deal with 100 percent. that's toxic as fuck <laughs> yeah so i mean i think it's important to share these things because hopefully this helps people transform you know any of maybe someone relates and they can be like yeah. oh crap you know but or maybe you're doing that to someone where you yeah you you're accepting the parts of them that you think have potential and you are ignoring. Yeah. And you're ignoring the actual parts that you're not necessarily 
happy with or that don't align with who you are as a person. And that, that doesn't have to be in a romantic relationship. That could also be in a yeah, friendship. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty. We're all guilty of that. Well, I'm guilty in that, like, I stayed with this person for their potential. I literally put myself through that because I saw so much potential in her. I would see, like, these small, small sheds of, like, light and thinking, like, oh, my God, we could have this beautiful future together. Like, she shows me love in these ways. And, like, yeah, I I literally was with her for the potential. And, like, I spent a lot of my life like that. I'm, I still struggle with that um, within relationship. And... Um, it's just important to to note that, like, you know, it's funny. My, our friend Marcos, he's our yeah. trainer and friend. Um, he had me shook the other day. It was like maybe a month ago. Um, we were talking about like the potential in people, and and he said, um, you know, just you should ask yourself within any relationship you're in, are you seeing that person for who they are, who they're showing up as, or are you seeing that person for their potential? And like a light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, look, this yeah. guy got me. It's, it's kind of like, um, like that person is like who they are is a book. Mm -hmm. And we try to take the pages of the things that we don't like. We can't rip them out. So we try to fold them in half mm -hmm. so that when we have to go through the book, we, we're just looking at the, we're just reading through the pages that are the good stuff. But th those pages are still there and they're folded. They're yeah. still there. You can't ignore them. Yep. Um, and so it, it just, those things don't go away just because you, you ignore them. You can't just create a story of someone based on the good parts um, that you want, because those things, those, those parts that don't necessarily align with you, I'm not going to say bad because for some people it just might be a difference yeah. um, in perspective. Those parts still come back. That's still a part of who someone is. And it is not okay. It's selfish to you and it's selfish to them for you to um, try to, because for your sake, it's ignoring. Yeah. Uh, but for their sake, it's suppressing. Yeah. You're suppressing who, the, who those parts of who they are, even if it's the bad parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to your point, it's super important that you, you noted um, that we in our culture, we all, the abuse, the toxic relationships that we know, the abuse that we know is like extreme, right? We think physical or like obvious emotional. And yeah, so when, yeah. when I was going through this, like, that's what I would think about. I'd be like, Oh no, there's a lot of love here. And like, she's not hurting me. Um, she doesn't call me stupid. Yeah. She doesn't tell me I'm a whore. She doesn't yeah. tell me all this other stuff. And she provides me with X, Y, and Z and she might not with this, but like, at the end of the day, like the thing she wasn't providing me did not align with my values and I was betraying myself. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it in my gut, but I was like trying so hard to just make it work. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's me. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about like what's been like one of the most toxic relationships you've had in your, in your life. So I'm going to, I'm going to use a work example. And the reason mm -hmm. why is because, um, we often don't think about the fact that our relationships with our managers or with coworkers um, can be toxic or that we assume that um, toxicity in the workplace is just 
a part of work. Like some people say, like, it's called work, not play. And Mm -hmm. I get that, but work should not be toxic. Like it should not be a place that consumes your mental health um, or or puts a detriment towards your mental health. So um, my first job out of college, I worked um, at a Catholic school and I was working in marketing. Marketing. I was working in marketing and development. I need a cup of coffee or something because <laughs> working. That's a new one. How am I just thinking about this? Going back to this point in my life, it's just making my brain I mean, start melting. When people hear the craziness, then yeah, they would understand. Um, so I worked in marketing and development, which means that I was in charge of like fundraising for the school and. Um, working with our donors um, that we had to make sure that we had funding for certain programs in the schools, working with like certain um, programs that would give funding, et cetera. So that was, that was my job. I was just essentially managing partnerships mm-hmm. um, in a way. And my manager was the principal of the school. And one of the main reasons why um, this work relationship that I had with her was so toxic was because she did not communicate she just expected that you read her mind and if you didn't she would flip out and she just treated you however she wanted to treat you and then she would have like one to two people that were super loyal to her and she would have them do her dirty work and so an example would be um one day she called me into her office um and which, which is just like another thing. Like I was constantly called into her office. I'm not a student. I don't need to be called into your office. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a peer of yours. So she would call me into her office um, one time. She said, I think she was talking about like a basketball schedule. Like, well, you know, um, I'm really concerned because, uh, you know, this basketball coach isn't coming. And she was just like talking through like mm-hmm. all of her concerns and like, things that she was thinking about and then she looked at me and she was like get out of my office wow and I was like okay and then somebody came to my office and was like you know the principal's really mad at you because she told you about a concern that she had and you didn't offer any ideas and that's toxic one because no one not even in the workplace in any relationship is going to read your mind so if you want something, you need to state it clearly. Two, that building up walls, avoiding people is a very toxic way to communicate because all you're doing is shunning someone and you're not, if you, if you want to teach somebody how to work with you, teach them, yeah. but don't have a relationship that's based in fear because that's what it was. Every time she would call me into her office, I didn't know if I was going to get kicked out or what the deal was going to be. And then I also never really had a chance to have a conversation with her because she would communicate her feelings behind closed doors to the one to two people that were loyal to her. And um, they would communicate that back to like whoever she was mad at. And so it was just sort of like, you always felt like an outsider. The relationship was always based um, in fear and there was never a two way communication, right? There was never a chance to correct something that either she felt that you did was wrong or something that you felt maybe you could have done better. There was never any of that. It was, it was a relationship based in fear. And it was sort of one of those relationships that it was like one strike and you're out, Yeah. which is not a, a great relationship to have with anyone. And I think that 
in the workplace, I've been very lucky after that to have managers that encourage taking risks, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can't take a risk, you can't make a mistake and it's okay because the point is that you tried it or you didn't do something right. That's okay. Here's what, here's the feedback and what are you going to do to correct that? And that helps you grow. But this was just, I had anxiety um, going yeah. to work every day because I didn't know um, what what it was going to be like. And so um, just those things, but also um, I left that job and I, I, I communicated to her all the reasons why I was leaving and that our communication styles didn't align, that um, it, it just wasn't working out. Um, and somebody told me after I left that um, – she lied um, and told all the staff a completely different reason why I left. And it was that I um, couldn't handle the job, that the job was too much responsibility for me, et cetera, et cetera. Mind you, I did a great job. Like donors gave amazing feedback about me. Yeah. Um, but she manipulated um, everyone else into thinking yeah. that it, it had nothing to do with her or with the culture and that it had everything to do with me. And so that's, that's toxic in the sense that it's someone who wasn't willing to do some sort of self-reflection. It's not someone who was willing to just let things be put to rest. Yeah. They have to own, they need that control where they have to own the story where they need to make sure that they have control and loyalty at all costs. And so it was incredibly toxic um, to work with this person and I think that I would say the biggest reason why it was toxic for anybody who's listening to this, like I know that people are like, we know it's toxic, but it's because it was based in fear. Mm -hmm. If you have a relationship with anyone, a partner, a friend, a manager, a coworker, where just being around them, you feel scared being like just opening your mouth and being yourself makes you scared. That's toxic. Yeah. Because again, you're suppressing who you are to make space for that person's ego, for that person's attitude, for that person's manipulation. And that's not okay. No, that, that sounds so toxic. Oh my God. I remember when you were telling me that I just like, wow, that person must've been very like sad, angry, like to treat people that way. I don't, I don't even know. That's so crazy. I'm sorry that that happened. It was a learning experience. Yeah. It was a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to talk through, um, I think we, we talked through some of, um, examples, um, of, of the, the most toxic relationship that, uh, is top of mind for us that we've had, but I want to talk through, um, indicators. So like, what are some indicators that you look for or that in hindsight you see in like, that is a red flag that that was a toxic relationship. And that red flag is going to be top of mind for me moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I think that even in just that example that I, I gave earlier, um, a lot of those um, I, I use now in all types of relationships. So like the first would be, you know, if you're not able to talk your feelings uh, about your feelings truly because the other person party uh, makes you feel like you're too much, that that's a red flag for me. So um, I've had this happen multiple times, not only in romantic relationships, but in friendships. Like, yeah. um, I remember I had a friend who like, anytime I would talk to them about how I was feeling about 
politics and being like a Latinx person. Um, and they would just silence me because they didn't want to get into politics. They didn't want to talk about that stuff. They did not want to hear my experience because it was too much for them. Yeah. And, um, I've definitely experienced that. And again, it's subtle things that people do that are, that are toxic. So it's not necessarily somebody who is like, I hate Latinx people or you're a woman. So this, this is where your place belongs, but it's people who you're like, you know, I was in a meeting at work and I left so upset because this is just hypothetical because I was the only woman of color in that room. And I was sitting up uh, with a bunch of uh, white men and they all kept silencing me and, and mansplaining. And ultimately the idea that I said at the beginning of the meeting is the idea that they went with, but everyone pretended that it was somebody else who said the idea. And that friend is like, let's not talk about that right now. Like, I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah. It's the weekend. Like, yep. let's not do that. Like, let's just yep. not do that right now. Right. It, it's that type of stuff that to- that's toxic. And we write that off because we're like, you know what? It is the weekend. Like, I don't want to bring these problems in here. Right. But that person just suppressed a big part of your experience. If something's, if something's top of mind enough for you that you're bringing it up on a weekend or at a party or whatever, yep. and, they, and they, they're going to suppress that, yep. that's not okay. Yep. And sometimes it isn't the right moment. But that person can say to you, this might not be the best time, but I see that you're hurt by it and I still want to talk to you about that after. And they follow up. Yeah. But when somebody's constantly, you know, that's, let's not do that right now. Or even just not even saying that and just like not giving you the attention or like the attention that you deserve or, you know, just showing love or showing up, you know, making yeah. room for you. Um, we talk a lot about that in our podcast, just like making room and creating those spaces. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, when people really just make you feel like you're too much or, if someone is gaslighting you, like I mentioned before, if you're expressing yourself and they're like making you second guess it, like that is toxic, hundred um, percent. If being around the person, you just feel off, like you just your energy's off, or they're they're giving off just like negative vibes. I remember I was friends with this person, uh, this friend of mine years ago, um, and she just had this negative energy every time we got together. It was like I tried so hard mm-hmm. to stay positive with them like I I would talk you know about things that I was doing then I'd ask her how she was doing and like every time like even when it was things about me it would bring it back to like the things she didn't have and like when she started talking about her it would it's just straight up negative and I just felt so blah being in that environment and I I just never felt like energy has been sucked out of me so fast and so <laughs> I no longer am friends with this person but um that was just really that was really eye-opening. Um, if you feel small, um, if you have to walk on eggshells, like we talk about like being authentic and not betraying yourself. Like if you're able, if you're not able to any sort of relationship, just show up and be yourself and you have to walk on eggshells because that other person does not create that safe space for you. Yeah. That is toxic. That is completely toxic. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if this applies to all relationships, but, you know, in, in, in my past romantic relationships, uh, keeping score, like when you would get into something, you express yourself, that other person being like, well, you did, you did this to me this one time. And like, I didn't say this. And like, you know, 
you were mean to me twice and I was only mean to you once and yeah. things like that. It's just like, that is toxic. I like, had a friend like that who, um, you know who it is, who after we all went away to college, she would, she would like text me and, 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 um, and just be like, you know, I'm, I'm really upset. Like you, you don't pay attention to me anymore. All you do is like pay attention to your significant other. You haven't called me. Yeah. And I was like, D- is there a missed call from you that I should be aware of? Because you haven't called me either. We've spoken to each other via text. Yeah. But well, if you if you really wanted to talk over the phone, why didn't you pick up the phone and call me? Yeah. Now that you think about, <laughs> you make me think about that. That person that was negative with me was actually that same way. So it doesn't just apply um, in romantic relationships. People do keep score even in uh, in, in all types of relationships. So. Those are some of the ones that kind of stood out for me. Uh, I'd love to hear some of the ones that you have, some examples. Um, Yeah. So I think um, a big one for me is um, if I have to hide any part of myself because I either feel like I'm inadequate or stupid or whatever it may be, then that relationship is um, toxic. I would say in a previous romantic relationship that I had, it was very difficult for me to talk about um, touchy subjects with my partner because they would sometimes they would just flat out laugh um, at like things that I would say um, that they didn't agree with. And that is incredibly belittling. And it made me feel like I didn't have any sort of value yeah. in that relationship. And again, I would, you know, think about it and be like, well, you know, um, this person isn't like actually calling me stupid um, or saying mean things to me, but just, just that, that laughing or, you know, that like, we're not going to talk about this anymore and moving on. That is a way of, of saying that I am stupid without using those words. It's saying your voice doesn't matter. Yeah. We're done with this. We're done with this topic because I, I, I have the final say, I have the final word. My word is more valuable than yours. Yeah. Um, so, so that's like a a really big one for me. Um, I have been very much into this idea of, um, safety and nurturance, Mm -hmm. um, and in, in all aspects of life. Um, and I'm really focused on the safety piece right now. And I think if, um, if there's no safety in your relationship and I'm putting aside physical safety, that, that, that definitely has to be there. Um, but I think it relates to what I just said. Um, it's safety to be who you are and safety to be that person who is a human and who can make a mistake. Yeah. And that is really important. And I'm not saying that you make the same mistake over and over and over and, 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 you know, the other person is supposed to forgive you. I'm saying that, that there is space for you to be authentically yourself And that means that you might say the wrong thing, that you might do the wrong thing, but that so long as you put in the work to own up and be accountable for your actions, that there isn't any sort of um, belittling or blaming or constant uh, fear within you to make a mistake. So I, I don't have a clear example off the top of my mind, but I'm thinking, let's say you're in a romantic relationship with someone and they say, um, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you um, iron my my plaid 
shirt for me for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a lesbian relationship. Yeah, I was just going to say. You're asking for the plaid shirt. <laughs> can you, can you uh, iron my plaid shirt for me for tomorrow? And you iron the shirt, and then you realize the morning when you wake up that you iron the wrong shirt, right? Like, mm-hmm. if that puts fear in you because you're like, fuck, they asked me to do this, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, I did the wrong shirt, and, 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 and it's giving you anxiety, that's mm-hmm. toxic. Yeah. Like, you should be able to be like, is this, was this the shirt? Like, I fucked up. Did, was, this the right, was this the right one? Um, or if you are 10, running 10, 15 minutes late to meet a friend or a partner mm-hmm. and you say, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm running late. If you have massive anxiety because you're like the whole the whole night or the whole afternoon or the whole experience that I'm about to share with this person is ruined because I didn't show up on time, that is toxic. Yeah. Because you should have the space to make that mistake. Um, um, I think if, um, if someone is controlling, um, and you don't have the space for you, um, that's toxic. And I think that we sometimes overlook the ways in which people can control and manipulate us. Controlling to me isn't necessarily, uh, if Jess says to me, I'm going out that I'm like, what time are you coming back? That's an obvious form of control to me. Mm-hmm. A more subtle form of control is if Jess says to me, hey, I have a couple of commitments um, this week and um, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I have to go to a couple happy hours. I'm going to be working late. So, you know, I'm going to be getting home late a couple of days this week and I say oh are we not going to spend time together Hmm. we haven't spent any time together um why don't I just meet you right after Mm -hmm. why don't I just meet you uh I'm gonna get out of I'm gonna go somewhere and I'm gonna get out at eight what your happy hour ends at at 8 30 why don't you just leave at eight and we will leave together that is a form of control and that to me is toxic you've got to give people their space yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> You're just like staring at me like, oh. Well, because I think I'd go crazy if you ever did that to me. I mean, my least favorite question is what time will you be back? I know you don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> and that is also a form of control where you, where some, you, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the grocery store or I'm going to go here. And someone's like, what time will you be back? I don't. No, what time I will be back. I will be back when I am back. Yeah. Um, and that that that's just me. Some people might be okay with being asked that, but think about um, what would constitute a subtle way that people in your life um, are attempting to control your time, your space, your freedom. That's toxic. Yeah. Um, I would I would also say um, another form of control that is subtle is um, someone controlling the way that you spend your time. And I want to go back to what I just said. I think it's okay if your partner is, um, or even a friend, if they're like 
working a ton or not really devoting a ton of time or space to you and, and you feel a little neglected, I think it's okay for you to voice that. But when that is a constant, mm-hmm. that that is an excuse that someone's using to grab more and more and more of your time, that's control. Um, but I also think that when someone attempts to control the ways in which you um, split your time or they try to make you um, shortchange yourself on time, that's a form of control. So if you, for example, on Saturday mornings, if it's your self-care time and you like to journal, you then like to go for a walk, you might like to go to the gym, that might be your, your sort of the thing that you like to do. And now all of a sudden, this person is um, in your space when you're journaling, or they're asking you about what you're journaling, or they um, then want to go to the gym with you. They also want to go on the walk with you. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get you to cut the gym on time because they're they're not really into working out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you really love um, yoga. That's your thing, and that person doesn't really like it. But all of a sudden, they're coming to yoga with you. Yeah, that's control. Yeah. And they're shortchanging your time that you want to spend with you. Right. Or maybe with a friend or with whoever. Yeah. Or maybe a friend's doing that with the time you're spending with your significant other, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, good examples. So, so those are things that um, I look out for. Um, the last two that I will say is um, toxicity to me is also when it's very clear that in a relationship, no matter what relationship it may be, that a person has one foot um, in the door and one foot out of the door. And what I mean by that is the very obvious one in is in a romantic relationship where let's say that um, you uh, express that your partner did something that you didn't necessarily like. You say, hey, you know, I didn't like that you spoke to me like that. Mm-hmm. And their response is, you know what? It just feels like I never speak to you in the right way. I'm I'm never just the good enough for you. I don't I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. I don't know. If I want to, this is a lot, mm-hmm. right? And they're constantly saying that to you, and you're constantly made to feel like, okay, well, you know, it seems like when I get upset about something, it's a lot for that person, and they want to leave. So maybe I don't need to. Um, maybe I, you you start to think twice about whether whether you're like, you know what? I'm just going to let that one go because I don't want to drive them out of here. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to practice like just being a little bit more carefree and not um, overwhelming that person because it seems like I'm just a lot right now and, and I don't want them to leave. That's toxic because you should be able to express yourself. You should be able to bring all of you into um, that relationship. And like you said, Jess is, is closing the loop on things and getting things um, resolved. And it's, it could be the same thing um, in a friendship where uh, a friend might say, hey, um, I really want to hang out with you this weekend. And you're like, I'm, I'm actually like really exhausted. Like, I just don't, I just really want to lay low this weekend. Like, I don't really want to do anything. I'm, I'm socially overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, you never have time for me. I don't even know if, like, what's the point of this friendship, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's always that that relationship is on the line any time that you express yourself or anything that you do that does not in that per, in that other person's eyes is not seen as positive that relationship is on the line that is toxic there is no relationship that you should have where any little thing that you do the the 
the the the uh, reaction that it's met with is that the relationship is on the line. Yeah, it seems like you're talking a lot about people uh, not respecting your boundaries. It's more than just respecting the boundaries. It's respecting boundaries, but it's also um, showing that that they're in it too. Well, no, I mean this, and also the 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 examples you were giving about people like stepping into your like space of self-care oh yes yes things, you know, that's that's a that's a disrespect um of of boundaries and that's crossing that's definitely crossing lines and yes i would agree that in this last example that i gave that definitely exists um the other part is also just like the safety piece mm-hmm. of knowing it's okay for me to make a mistake it's okay for me to be honest with someone it's okay if um, i do something that um is not necessarily uh, in agreement with, you know, my partner or my friend, because we have space for that here. We have safety here where we can do that and not where it's like, Ugh, um, I don't agree with that or I don't want to do that. So now, now this is going to be, uh, is this going to end? Yeah. That that's, um, toxic. And then, um, I would say the very last one, um, for me is, is, is judgment. It's, it's being in relationships with people, platonic or romantic, who are just so judgmental of, of every little action or word or thing, um, that happens and they don't just let things be, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. No, not, not much more to say on that. Yeah. It makes sense. Awesome. Okay. So now that we've gone through some, um, examples, I want to talk through for the, for the folks who are listening and they have, have are like, but like maybe I'm in a toxic relationship. What should they do now? It's a loaded question. What now that we've opened this awareness for people? Yeah. I mean, it's not easy to do this, right? Like every situation is unique. Um, and it can take a long time to become aware that you are in a toxic relationship. I mean, yeah. shit, it took me even after I wasn't in that relationship to understand that it was toxic. Um, so I would say if like, once you're aware of this, um, or even if you're not, I think it's important to like, you know, keep a log of like your emotions, like, Every time you feel bad um, or any of the things we mentioned, like write it down. Like we tend to, we tend to make like the same decisions and, and get into the same cycle, uh, even if it makes us feel bad. Um, and quite honestly, I'm starting to believe that in instances like that, like those, you're still, you're going to make the same decisions. You're going to fall on the same pattern. You're going to date the same people until you learn the lesson yes that's what the universe does yeah and so you know keep a log of your emotions and like um i think it's important to surround yourself uh with support and like-minded people like talk it out uh 
with folks that, you know, you trust and that you are comfortable being vulnerable with because, you know, not everyone is going to be able to offer support if they have never been through anything like this. So yeah. we talk a lot about like talk therapy, um, you know, listening to podcasts, researching the, like if you're feeling these things, like you should be looking into that stuff and like writing it out. And if you're looking for these things, these answers, more times than not, you are in a toxic relationship if you're yeah. searching that. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, I I would come up with, like, a plan. Like, I heard this on a podcast recently. It's if you're feeling this way and you have this, like, anxiety and, and this heaviness to you, ask yourself, like, what would your life look, lo- look like without this toxic relationship? What would your life look like without this heaviness? Um and what would it look like if it continued? And I think when you start thinking about that, if you put like timelines to it, like what do the next five years look like if I stayed in this? Yeah. Versus what would it look like if I didn't? Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, picturing that. And then I think that, you know, this is kind of a side note here, but I think that part of being in a toxic relationship has a lot to do with like your self-worth and your self-awareness. We talked about betraying ourselves. So I would say that like, write down your values, write a list of like what are your values are and question it compared to the relationships you have in your life. Mm-hmm. And if those things do not align, I'm going to say you, you are betraying yourself. And how does that make you feel? You know, then that's completely up to you in how you want to continue with your life. But I think that part of, you know, having self-worth and knowing who you are is, is those values and living by them. But I also think that if you did have the self-worth um, and you work on that part, like being self like being confident for you and not needing these relationships to define you because a lot of the times we're looking for that external validation but remembering that that's all internal um because i i truly believe if if people were more if people felt more worthy they would not be in these situations and so it's important to build on that like me and stuff we're talking about this the other day it's like it's super important to have like be have like be grateful for every little thing in your life like we ignore those things so much, but those are the things that if you put them in your, you know, to build your foundation, put them in your like section of self-worth and you build on that, you're going to have self-confidence. So for example, you woke up this morning and you went on a run, you went on a long run and you did it. Um, you woke up and you had, you know, a meal with a really good friend, like you made a meal for yourself or you relaxed or, you know, you took care of the things you, you've been wanting to do. You did your finances, like you showed up for someone. Like it's those little things that like make you feel good. And we just think that it's just part of our to-do list, but that is, that, that should be considered like something you should be grateful for. So it's all about gratitude um, and building up your self-confidence. So yep, I would do all those things and, 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 kind of start from there. Um, and I think that after those things that like you, you'll get a momentum into, and it, you'll feel it. You'll feel when it's right for you to either be in it or not be in it. Um, 
but I think it was important to note that like self-worthy piece because that's that's what I'm learning a lot about now um, I love that because um, I would say that one of the other toxic relationships that I've been in is a relationship with myself mm. um, and it was toxic in and again we think that people who say like I was in a toxic relationship with myself are people who um, um, sort of like harm themselves in very obvious ways, whether it be physical harm towards themselves, like maybe they cut themselves or um, who are constantly like shaming themselves for their weight or whatnot. And we shame ourselves and we, you know, carry out toxic words and behavior towards ourselves in many, many subtle ways. And it's something that I've started to work on to improve the relationship that I have with myself. And one of the big things which you talked about for me is not coming from a deficit mindset. And what that means for me is that I would get up in the morning and I'd be like, oh my God, I got up 20 minutes later than, than when I was supposed to get up. Like, I'm li like I, I can't believe that I just slept in like that. Like I, I need to get my shit together, right? And then me saying I need to get my shit together means I'm a mess. So I'm just calling myself a mess. I, wouldn't, I would not dare say that to someone. I would not dare say you're a mess right? Um, to someone. So how, how dare I say that to myself? Yeah. Instead of saying, right, I started off in a deficit. I woke up 20 minutes later than I was supposed to. That means I'm not going to get to work until this time. That means that this thing that I was going to work on is I'm not going to have the time to do it. That means that I'm going to have to stay this, this amount later. That means that I'm going to have this amount less time in my evening. And I have already screwed up my whole day by my first thoughts in the morning. Yeah, it's important to show self-compassion. Right, self-compassion. And so, and flipping that narrative and you know what? I had intended that I was going to wake up 20 minutes ago, but I gave myself 20 extra minutes of rest and sleep. Yep. And everything else that I needed to get done today, it will get done. Mm -hmm. I needed to take care of myself and I needed that rest. Same thing with, um, I caught myself. I would have never said, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who like says negative things to myself. And I do. I caught myself. I think you were there where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I came from the grocery store and I left this oat milk out. I'm so stupid. And I was like, oh my God, I just call myself stupid. How dare I do that? Yeah. And it was in passing, but I had to stop and correct myself because again, would you say that to someone? If, if Jess walked in and she left the oat milk out, I wouldn't go to her and say, you came from the grocery store and you left the oat milk out. You're so stupid. Why didn't you put it in the fridge? I would never say that to you. So how could I say that to myself? Yeah, we're really hard on ourselves. We're really hard critics. I am so guilty for that. Um, so thank you for bringing that up because I, yeah, it, that was um, important in terms of if, talking about toxic relationships. It's also examining the relationship that you have um, with yourself because if you are not compassionate to yourself, if you are not respecting yourself, then you're going to allow other people to disrespect you as well. Say it again for the people in the back. That is so real. Y'all need me to scream this in the mic. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so that's that's just another piece that's important. It doesn't mean that while you're working on that, that you have to take that shit from anybody, mm -hmm. right? Like that that that's not okay. Um, but back to to answering the question, um, I definitely agree with all the points that just said. I also think that the phrase "betraying myself." was a very powerful thing to hear because I've added that to my toolkit. And just that phrase within itself 
I think is so powerful in asking yourself, did I betray myself in doing this? Am I betraying myself in doing this? And it helps us to really put things into perspective in the sense of if I'm tired, if I'm just exhausted, I'm, I'm beat, am I betraying myself and my needs by going to this party to make my friend happy? Yeah. And putting that in those terms, I think makes things a lot easier than just saying like, you know what? I should just suck it up. Like mm-hmm. I should just be social. I, sh- I shouldn't, you know, it's just going to be an hour. It's just going to be two hours. It's more so, am I betraying myself? And yeah. if the answer is yes, then you know what you need to do. Um, so I would definitely say, um, building that awareness and asking yourself, am I betraying myself by, um, allowing this person to, to either manipulate me or to make me feel that I am less than, or am I just in general betraying myself by being in this relationship with this person, whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship or at a job, Mm -hmm. um, am I betraying myself, um, in terms of this work relationship that I have. So I think um, that's important. Um, if if the answer on whether you're betraying yourself or not is, is you know, I don't know, or um, I don't think I am, then ask yourself, if, if I've grown awareness and that I see these three traits from this episode in a particular relationship that are toxic, ask yourself, is that something that you can communicate and change? If the answer is no, then you're betraying yourself. Yeah. Um, if the answer is, is you know, I have communicated it and, and nothing has changed, then I would ask myself, like, what is this relationship providing me that outweighs me betraying myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's a rhetorical question, but I think for some people... Yeah. Um, there might be things that, I mean, nothing should be okay. You shouldn't, you should not have to betray yourself, um, to be in a relationship. But I also think that for it's, it's a question that each person needs to answer for themselves. So again, what is this relationship providing me with that outweighs me betraying myself? So if you've communicated to someone that, um, they are trying to control your time and you don't appreciate that and that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. What is this relationship providing you that outweighs you betraying yourself in that way where you have to carve time out of yourself and out of being your living your truth and and having your time and reclaiming your time? Um, what, what does that provide you that outweighs that? Yeah. That's, that's a real question. I feel like people would get confused with that and like compromise because I know that I have, it's like, well, relationships are about compromise, but at what cost? Right. You know, when it's like really big things like that that are, are your values. It's not simple like I will, you know, I won't watch this Netflix show ahead of like my partner because like that's something they want. Right. A compromise will often not make you feel that you are betraying yourself. Yeah, I shouldn't make you feel that you are betraying yourself. It's different if um, a compromise might might mean um, I like sleeping in on the weekends, but perhaps um, perhaps you, you, for the next couple of weeks you have to do something in the morning, and I have to 
I have to get up early to, to walk the dog yeah. because you need my help. I'm, I'm going to make that compromise. Right. Um, but betraying myself would be my Saturday mornings and, and are, are spent doing me things. They're, 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 they're spent doing my errands and they're spent with me taking care of myself and feeling like I started my weekend um, in a way that I could recharge and refresh myself. Betraying myself would be if you started infringing upon all of those things, making plans for us. Like, hey, I made plans for us Saturday at 10, then at 12, we're going to do this. Then, and, and then there was never any time for me, for me to do the things that I like to do. That's me betraying myself. That's not a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to like, uh, make generalizations here, but I see a lot, I've seen a lot of that in, um, I've spoken to a lot of men who just like give in to their partners, their heterosexual, they're in heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships to their, to their girlfriends. Wives happy or wife, happy life. Bullshit. Like those yes men, like they're just like, yeah, just got to make her happy. I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, but you're betraying yourself. But you're betraying yourself. And like, I'll tell them that. And they're just like, no, no, I'm not. It's like, it's fine. Like, that's what she wants. And But is that what you want? Yeah. And, but I, I think that our, we, we live in a culture where in the media, in the movies, all that stuff, it's like, for this example, men are supposed to give women what they want to keep, as you said, happy wife, happy life. And that's not necessarily how it should go. I mean, if you're cool with that, great. But if at your core that brings you sadness and anger and like you're betraying yourself, it's not okay. It is not okay. You shouldn't have to do those things just because you're a man or because you want to like keep your partner happy, no matter what gender you are or what type of relationship you are in. Like there has to be room for you. And you have to be able to show up authentically because if not, you are not authentic in that relationship. That person is dating someone else. It's not you. Mm, And then you are going to come out upset. You are pretending to be someone you are not. And sooner or later that you that you're suppressing is going to come out. And you're going to explode. Correct. And that's why people show up after years of marriage and say, I don't want to do this anymore. And the other person's like, what do you mean? What's happening? Like, I just am not happy. It's because you've been fucking pretending for so long and now it shows up. Yep. Um, yeah, this is great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I think the biggest t- takeaway here, as, as most of our episodes are, is like, you know, it is a lot of, it is a lot of work. Um, and we are, we are obviously speaking about our own experiences and, um, I just think it's important to build awareness. I think it's important to really make a list or think about what your values are and, you know, to, to what Steph was just talking about, like betrayal and what that means to you and just really, really like thinking about these things because it's important. And I think as we get older, you think about it more, but, um, you know, just do that exercise with yourself, you know, every once in a while to check, check in with yourself, check in and, and, and feel um, am I feeling good about this? How am I feeling about like the relationships in my life? How do I feel with the relationship in my, with myself? Like, you know, just check in. Um, don't just focus in on like the to-do list of your life. You know, yeah. we can get really bogged down in life about meeting certain milestones, whether that be like the promotions or getting married or 
moving or whatever, um, having kids, it's so, so important to check in on yourself and like have one, a healthy relationship with yourself, but also just having healthy relationships in your life. Because I truly think uh, life is about relationships. I Mm -hmm. think we all want to be connected. Um, We're meant to be connected. Yeah, and I, I think we are, and I, I think it's super important to surround yourself around good energy. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that, and you should not have to put up with any energy that makes you feel bad about yourself or where you feel like you're betraying yourself, where you're just doing it to, like, live up to, you know, what you've been taught, just to not make people angry. And so, you know, I hope that this this episode um, got you thinking a little bit about relationship. Um, But I think that that would be the biggest takeaway uh, or takeaways. Yeah. I would also say trust your intuition. I'm very big on that. And I think that in relationships, we sometimes try and, um, make things more factual than they need to be in that something doesn't feel right to us, but we try and like repeat the facts in our minds to try and make ourselves feel better. And that just creates more trauma for us. If something happened, if a friend or a partner did something and it didn't feel right to you, then it wasn't right. Yeah. That's your experience. And that's what you felt. And it's okay for you to say, Hey, this is something that you did. This is how it made me feel. And maybe you, you did make up a story to yourself and you say, this is the story that I'm telling myself. Thank you, Brene, for that framework. Um, this is the story that I'm telling myself. Is that true? Yeah. Right. It doesn't need to be an explosive argument. Cause sometimes you also think, Oh, you know what? I, that made me really angry. That means we're going to fight. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to nag. No. If your intuition's telling you, if your gut's telling you, like, something didn't feel right about that, mm-hmm. it's okay for you to communicate that. Yeah. And you're usually right. It's usually right. So just, again, check in with yourself. It's so important. Live your truth. Shine your light. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, as always, please tune in uh, every Monday for new episodes and follow us on Instagram at trish.chat. Thanks for the love. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye. Peace.